about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Hallelujah. We've been talking about authority here, so this will be week number eight. That means we got the rest of this month to go eight, nine, ten, eleven, and then we're done. Praise God. Yes. Yes, we got it. We're doing eleven because we, we missed one in there. Didn't get recorded, so we were going to do ten. So praise God. How are we doing, Patrick? We ready to roll? All right. Take your Bibles tonight. Go to Ephesians chapter one. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for another opportunity to preach your word. I thank you for the anointing that you've given me and everyone here. Father, I pray you would stir up on the inside of them that knowledge would open their eyes so they'd get revelation on what we're speaking on tonight. Father, we want to know and understand the power in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, as you continue to reveal to us that we will start walking in the revelation that we get. We will start doing what we were called here to do. And we thank you that we will complete what you put us here to do. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, Ephesians chapter 1 tonight. We're going to go back to verse 17 because I can't help it. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And notice, he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. We've discovered so far over the previous weeks that the name of Jesus is higher than any other name in the universe. He said his son Jesus above every principality, it says here, above every power, above every might, above every dominion. In other words, all spiritual powers, the name of Jesus carries the most power. Jesus not only sits above the principalities of darkness, but he also commands the principalities of light. How many know that he's in charge of the angels also? His place of rulership and reign is set high above every angelic position ever. Good or evil doesn't make any difference. The name of Jesus here is not only above, but it is far above, say far above, all principality, power, might, and dominion. Now just go up to chapter 2 and look at verse 6. Here's the exciting part. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places with him. So not only when Jesus was raised from the dead and seated above all things, you were seated above all things at that time. 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead. At that time, humanity was exalted above every principality, power, might, and dominion. Those who are in Christ are seated with Him. How many of you are born again? Then you're in Christ and you're seated with Him in heavenly places. Those who are in Christ are seated with Him in heavenly places. 
Those who are not in Christ, who have not been born again, are not in that position of authority yet because they've not entered the kingdom of God. But how many of you know it's available to them? Having been raised with Christ, we are seated with Him in heavenly places, and we are also seated far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. God has put all things under Jesus' feet and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church. How many know you were the church? So you, a lot of times, like I say, you want to put your name in these scriptures so they really mean something to you. In other words, he put our head over all things to the church, but he put head over all things to me. He's raised me up. He's seated me. He's given me the name of Jesus. He's given me authority. He's given me power over everything in this earthly realm. The body of Christ is over all things, yet that rulership must be enforced in the earth realm. It just doesn't happen. In other words, just because you have authority does not mean it will work unless you use the authority that you have. The anointing you have will not work unless you put it to work in your life. You can have it your whole life and never rule and reign over anything. In the heavenly realm, that rulership goes unchallenged. How many know in heaven there's no fighting going up there? There's no demonic entities up there. But here in the earth, your authority will be challenged by renegade forces of the enemy. They do not want to obey. They do not want to listen. They want to defy the authority of God. The saint must be mindful of both the position and the authority given to them to enforce that position. If you're ever going to operate in authority, you have to know, first of all, the position that you've been given. What position have I been given? I've been raised and seated spiritually in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. And now, since I'm in that spot, I have the authority to enforce my position. In other words, I'm not going to come down out of my position. I'm going to stay in my position no matter what happens daily because Jesus raised us to that position. The saint is responsible to subdue the powers of darkness. It's your responsibility to resist the devil in your life, your responsibility to cast down the devil in your life, and your responsibility to cast out demonic things in your life. Now, when we talk about the devil, of course, the devil's not chasing everybody. He can't be every place at one time. We're talking about how many know worry is from the power of darkness. How many know fear is from darkness? I mean, all these things, confusion is from darkness. So these are things that we have to resist on a daily basis, and you have the authority to resist those things if you resist them instead of yielding to them. Now, you may have been raised as somebody who yields to those things. Well, everybody's got to worry. Everybody's got to fear. Everybody's got to do this. Mom did it. Dad did it. Grandpa did it. Everybody else did it. But you have authority that apparently they didn't know they did. You have authority and dominion to rule over these things in your life. The Bible says God has not given you a spirit of then I don't want it. If fear tries to come in my life, I don't want anything from the devil. I want what comes from God. So what am I going to do? I'm going to resist that in the name of Jesus when fear starts to come against my mind, and I'm going to run it out. Those things that magnify themselves above Christ must be taken captive and disarmed in your personal life. They must be brought into submission through the Word of God. And who's responsible to do this? The saint is responsible to do these things. All right, go to Philippians chapter 2. All right, Philippians chapter 2, let's go to verse 9. It says, Wherefore God has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things on the earth, things under the earth, 
and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Here we see Jesus was given the name above every other name, and Jesus turned around and gave his name to rule and reign to the body of Christ and also to you. Jesus received a more excellent name, the Bible says. The defeat of death, hell, and the grave promoted him to the highest position in the universe. Jesus was made a curse, but he rose triumphant. He was made sin on the cross, yet he rose in righteousness. He was made sickness, yet he rose with healing. His victory is our victory. The believer can cash in on the benefits of the name through faith in that name. And here's one thing you've got to understand, you know, a lot of people don't understand that when Adam sinned, he represented the whole human race. So when Adam sinned, basically the whole human race sinned when he did. In other words, I wasn't in the garden. I didn't have a choice whether to eat off the tree or not. It wasn't up to me. But when Adam sinned, he sinned as a representative of all mankind. And at that time, all mankind got into sin. That's why Jesus had to come. So basically, when you were born into the world, you received what Adam did. Now, when you were born again, basically, you receive what Jesus did. In other words, it's not just what Jesus did for himself. It's what Jesus did and did for us like we did it ourselves. So not only did he defeat the enemy, we defeated the enemy. Not only is he raised and seated, but we are raised and seated. Jesus won the victory. The price has fully been paid. The battle has been won. The name is for the believer to use. Just as a bride takes on her husband's name, so should the church take on Christ's name as his bride and be seated and raised with him. All right, go to Colossians chapter 2. In case you haven't noticed, the devil's getting away with a lot of stuff in the earth realm right now. I mean, I don't know if you know it or not, but... And the only way he's going to be stopped is by people who know the authority that they have in the name of Jesus and know the power that they have in their sphere or in their area. Basically, you are in a position where you can help other people who don't know that. You can help yourself. You can help your family members. But you can take back from the enemy what he's taken from people in this day and hour. But it's going to take more than what the church is doing right now. Now I'm talking about the church as a whole. We go to church. We praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We leave. You know, we have a potluck every now and then. But we were raised and seated with him, and we've got to start taking our position and doing what God has called us to do in this day and hour. Time is running short, and it's time for us to wake up and a body of believers come together and start doing what you've been equipped to do. I'm sure he gave us the name so we'd use it. He never gave us the name of Jesus and said, well, don't worry about it. You don't have to use it. No, he gave it to us so that we could use it and would use it. All right, Colossians chapter 2. Look at verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. This talks about when Jesus suffered and died, he went into hell. And in hell, here it says, what did he do down there? He spoiled, defeated brought to naught principalities and powers. Jesus went into hell and he destroyed the devil, destroyed his kingdom, took his power from him, took his authority, and the name of Jesus stands for the defeat of Satan. It stands for the victory of God. When a believer stands in the authority of the name, they can command obedience. They can decree things in the natural realm in line with God's will and they will go to work. They can enforce the word of God in their life and in the life of other people. Those that are seated with Christ in heavenly places are seated high above all principalities and powers. The view from the throne 
puts all things in perspective. And here's one thing the church is going to have to do. We've had this opinion of ourselves, and we've been taught that. We're losers. We're weak. But Jesus is strong. we got no power. But Jesus has all the power. We can't do anything. But God can do whatever he wants. You've got to change your perspective in your mind of who you are and what you're able to do in order to rule and in order to reign in this earth realm. In other words, you've got to see yourself in a seated position. You've got to see yourself with authority. What's going on in the world now as far as this COVID going around, this is not the end of this. There's more more things are going to be coming down the pike. This is a practice run. And the practice run is going to find out whether you really believe you have authority and power and whether you don't. And if you do, good. If you don't, don't fake it. Stay in the Word. Study the Word. Get a revelation from it. Meditate on it. See yourself seated and raised with Jesus. See yourself commanding things to leave and seeing them go. Use your perspective in your mind so that you understand who you are and what you can do. You're no longer a mere mortal once you got born into the kingdom of God. You may think you are, but you have changed, praise God, a lot. Jesus Christ plundered hell. Here it says he made a show of them openly. The entire earth has witnessed the catastrophic failure and humiliation of the devil in hell. Hell has been stripped down to what it really is, weak, defeated, and spoiled. So when the saint says, in the name of Jesus, they are boldly declaring, I come to you in the authority of the Master. I come in the certainty of his victory. I am here with the fullness of his power. I represent your complete defeat because of what he did in your life. Praise God. The power that enabled Jesus to lay down his life and then also take it back up again is the same power that's invested in that name today. How many of you know the name has not lost any power? It's not old. It's not half as good as it was. It's the same power that it was when Jesus was raised from the dead. Those who exercise their revelation of the name will access the fullness of the power in that name. What's the result of that? It says, every knee shall bow. Hallelujah. Go to Romans chapter 10. Making myself happy tonight. I don't care about anybody else right now. Romans chapter 10, look at verse 6. It says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Now you know that when you got born again, you were made the righteousness of God in Christ. You were declared righteous, not because of what you did, because of what he did. All your sins were cast into the depths of the sea, and they are gone. You've been put back in right standing with God. But the righteousness which we are, which is of faith, speaks on this wise. Don't say in your heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. And who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ again from the dead. But what does it say? How does a righteous person speak? How does a kingdom person talk? They say, The word is near me, even in my mouth and in my heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So what's he saying here once again? He's saying the power that you need for this daily life, it's not far off. It's simply the word of God in your heart and the word of God in your mouth. How many of you know that Jesus is the word? If the word is near you, then the power is near you. The believer does not have to go to heaven and ask Christ to come down and bail him out. They don't have to go down from the deep and help Jesus get raised from the dead. The answer to every problem you have is in your heart and in your mouth. What's the answer to sickness? The word in your heart and in your mouth. What's the answer to lack? 
the word in your heart and in your mouth. To fear, in your heart and in your mouth. See, we're always looking over here. We're always looking for Jesus to do this. We're always looking for God to do this. But if you'll put the word of authority in your heart and in your mouth, it will get rid of anything that's in your life if you stay consistent with it. Now, that's the problem, isn't it? When something hits our life, we can dig up a scripture and say, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. But as soon as it gets a little bit worse, pretty soon we're going, oh my gosh, I'm a sick dog. I'm telling you right now, I really need somebody to help me right now. And See, it's consistent. The word doesn't change, we change. The word never changes its opinion, we change our opinion. So when an attack comes to me, I'm going to say in the name of Jesus, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Jesus bought and paid for it, and it belongs to me. And if that symptom's still there 12 hours later and I feel bad, I'm going to say, bless God, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Where is my victory coming from? In my heart and in my mouth. In my heart and in my mouth. If you're suffering from lack, chances are the problem is you. Because what's in your heart and in your mouth is not in line with God's word. I'm so broke. We'll never have any money. We've never had any money. We're not going to be able to pay our bills again this way. You just wait and see. It's not going to happen. See, whatever you're speaking and having your heart in your mouth. So how many know it's very important to what you put in your heart? So when you start to see this, you're going to start speaking from a different realm. You're going to start speaking from a different position. You will become a devil's master in your life. You will become a ruler. You will be raised and seated far above over every situation and circumstance that comes against your life. When we meditate the word, we will take authority over everything that contradicts the word of God in my life. If you don't exalt the condition, if you don't exalt the attack, but exalt the word of God, you will have victory every single time. Your position in Christ is real. Say, my position in Christ is really real. When you are convinced of that, you will dismiss lying symptoms, situations, and imaginations. You will enforce your rule with a scepter of the Word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. Now, everybody's at a different growth. Everybody's been around the Word more than others. Basically, start where you're at. Maybe you just need to use your authority to stay happy for one day, through the whole day. Make it past noon. Maybe go to 2 o'clock. I'm going to use my authority. I'm going to stay happy, praise God, whatever comes. Maybe it's just to have peace. I choose for 24 hours, I'm going to have peace. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to have peace. And something will come against you. No, 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 I've got peace, praise God. In Jesus' name, he gave it to me. And I'm keeping my peace in this situation. I'm not, not going to do anything. So what are you doing? You're starting there. Don't start above your faith because you'll get discouraged. Start somewhere. Daniel started with the lion. He went to the bear. And he went to Goliath. He didn't start with Goliath. He worked his way up on his faith and his authority. And basically, that's the way it worked. Don't go into fantasy land. I mean, if you know when you say it, you don't believe it, you don't have faith for it, pull back, get in the Word, start meditating the Word of God again. Start thinking the Word of God again. Start confessing the Word of God again. Go where you need to go. We st I started out my life with headaches. I made a decision I was not going to have another headache as long as I lived because I didn't like headaches. So every time a headache started to come, I said, in the name of Jesus, I don't do headaches. You go someplace else. I don't care who you go to, but you're not coming here. I don't have headaches, praise God. And now I haven't had any headaches for 20-some years. I don't have headaches, praise God. Now you can say, oh, I got a headache. Oh, Lord, it was a big one this time. Praise God, it's a big one. And I guarantee you, you'll have a headache, and it's a big one, and it'll come back. But you have authority over a headache. Now, if you don't think you have authority over a headache... Don't take authority over something a lot greater than a headache. Are you listening? Yeah. 
And I'm not talking about greater in God's eyes. I'm talking about greater in our eyes. God could care less what it is. Cancer means nothing to him. Leukemia means nothing to him. You know, dying means nothing to him. It's all packaged in one deal. The name of Jesus is either far above it or it's not far above it. And according to the Bible, it is far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. So start somewhere. Have a day of peace. Glory to God. That may be one of the greatest days of your life. You never know. Have a day of joy. I'm going to be joyful today, praise God. I'm going to smile all the time, glory to God. Of course, if you've got a face mask on, they can't see you, but you'll know that you've got joy, praise God, the whole time. All righty, go to Ephesians chapter 6. As you gain your heavenly perspective and you see yourself as a spirit being, you are a spirit, you have a soul which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in this physical body. You're not a physical, you're not a soul, you are a spirit being just like God. You were created in the image and likeness of God. As you do that, you're going to understand this scripture here, Ephesians 6, look at verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, they may be in high places, but we've already found out that we have been raised and seated far above even those who are in high places. So the devil is defeated. The wrestling that the Word is speaking of here is the wrestling of faith in your authority in the name of Jesus. It is the stronghold that declares no when something that is not in God's will tries to come in your life. It is a strength that cast down the imaginations of the mind that come there. It is faith that says, no, that's not the truth. Take your hands off my body. Take your hands off my children. Take your hands off my friends. If you will fight the good fight of faith, then the enemy will continue to be defeated in your life. Time will no longer matter. You will not pray and wonder when God is going to do something about this. You will simply pray and understand that it is taken care of. And time is a tough one, because once you make the declaration, the first thing the devil comes and says, it didn't work. When we used to pray over our children when they had a fever and they were sick, and we'd go in the bedroom, we'd say, in Jesus' name, you get off my kid right now, you've got no authority whatsoever, walk out of the room and the devil say, that didn't work. I guarantee you that didn't work. You should have prayed a longer prayer than that. So the first time I went back in, it made it longer. And I prayed a longer prayer. And I left, and he said, well, man, if you don't emphasize the name of Jesus, it's never. So I went back in. He was longer. I said, in Jesus' name. And then I figured out that couldn't be God talking to me. That had to be the devil talking to me. So I said, that's it. I'm going in one more time. I'm praying, and that's it. I ain't going to do it again. And how many you know then you don't want to rush in 10 minutes later and feel them? See, either it worked or it didn't. I said, it worked, praise God. I don't have to go back in there and check it. I don't have to do it. I'm turned back on the TV. I'm going to deal with it in the morning. And we started learning that that works. And once you understand it works, then you don't care about how long it takes to work. Are you following me? You just know it's going to work because that time lapse in between where you shoot your authority out there and it happens, there's a warfare in that time. And I'm telling you what, all hell seems to come against you in that time. So praise God, time doesn't matter. You know what God has promised you. You know the name of Jesus. You know where you're seated. You make the declaration and you walk away confident of what God has done in your life. The devil may come and say, see, you didn't receive it, but he's a liar. He speaks imaginations, but you can put out every fiery dart, the Bible says. We are seated with Christ in high places. Those that remember this will not allow the devil to talk them down from their delegated place of authority. He comes to steal to kill and to destroy. He comes to try to make you a victim 
rather than a victor. But you are a victor. How did I get there? Jesus provided it for me when he was raised from the dead. All right, go to Revelations chapter 1. Revelations chapter 1 verse 18 this is Jesus speaking after he was raised from the dead he said I am he that lives and was dead and behold I am alive forevermore amen and I have the keys of hell and of death so the name works in heaven it works in the earth and it even works under the earth there is not a place that is above the authority of the name of Jesus here on the earth when a believer says in the name of Jesus they must know that the enemy is already defeated Satan's defeat is complete. They must know that they possess power to subdue every work of darkness. The believer that doesn't yet have full revelation might have to go back to the Word and water that seed on the inside. Read the scriptures about you being raised and seeded. Read the scriptures about the different things that show that you have authority and power. What am I doing? I'm building that seed on the inside of me. It says you are not fighting against flesh and blood. How many of you know it's easier to recognize your husband than it is a devil? In other words, the natural things that come against you have a spiritual thing behind them, basically. So you are not fighting flesh and blood. Jesus commissioned the church, yet the devil has distracted many that think their warfare is with another person. The devil knows that if the body of Christ gets divided, a house divided against itself will not stand. What is the key to remaining under authority? This one scripture has been my key. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. As long as you're doing those two things, your authority is at peak. It's where it needs to be. When we obey the commandment, our authority is then in full force. So what's Jesus saying in that scripture? Jesus is saying, if you would bless others and not fight, you would see my power and authority in your midst. He's saying, if you know they were wrong, but you love them anyway, your power and authority will continue to work. If they've talked about you and made fun of you, but you love and serve them, the authority and power will still work in your life, and I will honor you. There is power and there is authority. How many know some of these things will happen against you? You're going to come against something every day from people, but you've got to remember, you've got to walk in unforgiveness. You cannot be offended. And if you're ever going to move up into a place where you start ministering to others, I can guarantee you a chance for offense in about the first three minutes. It's just the way it works. If you're going to be a pastor and run a church, you're going to run into people who basically are going to talk about you. They're going to label you crazy. They're going to label you hyper-faith. They're going to label you a heretic. They're going to call you hyper-faith, call you basically crazy, call you weird, call you crazy. But then when they need you, they're going to call you. Because that's the way it works. See, you don't know nothing, you're crazy, we left your church, we don't like you, but as soon as they get into a position where they need what you're hyper-faithing about, and they're in a church that doesn't even talk about that stuff, all at once the phone rings. Now, when you pick up the phone and you hear their voice, how many know your feelings and emotions might get involved? What, you're sick? Good! No, cannot do that. You pick up the phone, good to hear from you, 
Praise God. Yes. When can I come over? When can I pray for you? When can I do it for you? And you hang up your phone and you go over there and do what you're supposed to do. Why is that? Because I'm going to walk in love no matter whether anybody else decides to walk in love or not. And this is hard for people who don't understand it. I can still remember my kids. that are people that stabbed us in the back, basically called me, wanted something done, and I was going to go, and they got so mad at me. Why would you go over there to those people and pray for them? I wouldn't even leave the house to go for those people anything how come you do that stuff they just didn't understand what was being done there basically I'm protecting the anointing I'm protecting the authority that God has given me in my life so I'm going to walk in love and here's where you got to overcome your feelings and emotions because they're not going to say oh love that person no you're going to have to be on the word and say no I love the Lord your God and all the way over there to talk to him you might be saying I love these people I love these people because you're fighting against the flesh the whole time over there basically so your battle is not against people what's going on in the world right now when you look around there's a bunch of talk about crazy people out there there's a bunch of crazy people but how many know there is a force behind them driving them to do these things and if they could ever find out they don't have to do these things and there was a better kingdom a better way of doing things a power and authority that would help they would come out so this is the church's responsibility isn't it this is my responsibility don't matter who I run into who they're for who they're not I have an opportunity to influence that person by loving them telling them God's goodness and trying to get him out from where they are so they start to understand the things of God your whole Christian life was basically get born again get in the kingdom and then the Holy Ghost trying to get you to change your mind to line up with the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of darkness because we all spent time in the kingdom of darkness and let me tell you what we were doing we were doing it in there and it wasn't working and then all at once here comes God and the Holy Ghost is talking to you and he's, he's contradicting everything your feelings and emotions want to do what's he doing he's trying to get you not to be conformed to this world but he's trying to transform you to the mind of God and to the mind of Christ so you know his perfect will and how many know that's not a one-day thing no, it takes quite a while, doesn't it? It's a progression. It's a process. It's a going. So basically, go where you're at, what you learn, and let the Holy Ghost change you. So God came to do what no man could do. Here it says, Jesus got back the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he also got authority back for all of mankind. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 2. All right, Hebrews chapter 2, good scripture here. Look at verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, how many of you are in flesh and blood? He also, talking about Jesus, likewise took part in flesh and blood also the same, that through his death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Notice, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, Jesus himself, basically, through his death, he destroyed him that had. Say had. had. Say had. had. How many know if he had, he doesn't had anymore? Right. Something has changed here. What has changed, basically? Basically, now he's taken from the devil everything he had, and he's given it back to mankind and back to the church. Jesus destroyed the power of death. He took back all that had been stolen from mankind. Adam had been tricked by the devil and forfeited his God-given authority and his God-given position. Adam and all creation immediately became subject to the dominion of the curse. They became a slave and a victim to the power of darkness. 
Satan perverted all that God had made good. And I'll tell you, this is where most Christians live right there. Even though they're born again, they still think the same way. The devil has authority over me. Sickness has authority over me. Uh, worry has authority over me. They've never gone any place. But, say but. But Jesus was born into the earth. He became the last Adam. Jesus recovered authority over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the earth. And he allows now jurisdiction over the power of the enemy in every single area of his life. Jesus truly believed that man would accept this authority and would rule and reign on the earth. The question is, will you? Will you accept this authority? Will you step out and simply obey the word of God? You say, I ain't got much revelation on it. If you just obey the word, it works. You don't have to have that, that much knowledge of the authority a lot of times. Remember when, when Jesus told Peter to go back out and go fishing again because he hadn't caught anything? And basically Peter said, oh, geez, I'm a fisherman. This is a dumb preacher. He don't know anything about fishing, but at your word, I'll let down the nets again. And he let down the nets and his boat almost sunk. What did he do? He simply obeyed the word. How many know he didn't do it with joy? He didn't do it with confidence. He just did it because Jesus told him to do it and it worked. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So basically, when the devil crucified Jesus, he thought that he had stopped the plan of God. The Bible said, if Satan knew, he would never have crucified the Lord of glory. How many know he made a mistake? But Jesus only submitted to death. He rose from the dead with the keys of hell and the grave and delivered man from his bondage. When you say, in the name of Jesus, you have all the power of heaven behind you. If you could imagine... Uh, maybe when you were younger, you were in school, and they had a bully in school. Maybe his name was Ralph or something, and basically every time you ran into him, he picked on your beach up or something. And if somebody even mentioned the name Ralph, I mean, you know, you'd go, oh, my God. Oh, Ralph, Ralph, Ralph. I don't want to see Ralph. I don't want to walk by Ralph. Don't even mention Ralph to me. It drives me crazy. Well, imagine the devil. Jesus goes into hell, just beats the sap out of him and all the demons down there, and you're up here saying, in the name of Jesus. I mean, you know, that's just like Ralph to him. Yeah. He's saying, oh my gosh, don't say that name again. Say in the name of God, say in the name of Henry, say in the name of everything, but don't say it in the name of Jesus because that's the one that whipped me badly and beat me to a pulp. So the name of Jesus is the same way in the spiritual realm, basically. All right, go to Galatians chapter 6. And I apologize for anybody named Ralph here tonight. All right, Galatians chapter 6, spiritual key to your authority and your dominion. Verse 8, For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. If you spend a lot of time in the natural, you will become educated in the natural realm. If you spend a lot of time on your physical stuff, you will grow physically. However, the person who spends much time in spiritual things will grow much spiritually. The question and the answer is, whatever you sow, you shall reap. Notice this isn't up to God. This is up to us, isn't it? Those that pray in an unknown tongue edify their spirit. They build themselves up on their most holy faith. They're generating the power on the inside of them. They're basically stirring up the power that's in them by praying in the Holy Ghost. And it's not that you as a person get more power by praying in the Holy Ghost. It's just stirring up and making you mindful of the power that you do have on the inside of you. So you put faith in that power. Praying in the Holy Ghost, God isn't going to say, Oh, they're praying. 
going to give them a little bit more power. No, you've already got Christ on the inside of you. That's about the max of the power you need and going to get. So he's on the inside of you. So when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, how many know it comes out of my spirit? So I'm thinking spiritual. I'm thinking, well, this is a spiritual prayer. It's not coming out of my head. What's it doing? It's reminded me. It's given me faith. It's basically helping me put faith in who's on the inside of me and who's in there and the power that's already on the inside of me. Heaven does not withhold power from us. Prayer basically helps us realize the power that we have on the inside of us. Prayer will enable the believer to see what is already available to them. The Spirit of God has the ability to lead the believer into the manifestation of the truth. He will bring us revelation so that we think the thoughts of God. Here's what prayer will do for you. It will remind you. It will position you again. It will revive you. It also tunes the believer into their heavenly perspective. So whenever I pray in tongues, I try to meditate on the Word of God at the same time. While I'm praying in tongues, I'm seeing myself in heavenly places. I'm seeing myself with authority. I'm seeing myself ruling. I'm seeing myself speak to sickness and watching it run. I'm seeing disease flee. I'm seeing worry go. I'm seeing these things. Why? I want to stay in that heavenly perspective that I got. And basically prayer and time with God does that for me. So prayer reminds, it positions, it revives, and it tunes the believer into their heavenly perspective. It is from this perspective of the throne, from this position, that you will rule and reign in your life. All right, go to Acts chapter 3. All right, Acts chapter 3, familiar verses. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple of the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily in the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he went leaping, up, stood, walked, entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Here we see Peter and John. They were walking to the temple for prayer, but they were already walking in prayer at the same time. They were already dwelling in communication and fellowship with God. When they came upon the crippled man, they did not have to work up some kind of power to do something. Prayer will keep you connected to the power of God. The Word connects you to the authority of God. Those that understand the authority that the Word gives them will say no always to the devil. The believer has the authority to say no to sin. They have authority to say no to sickness. No to disease. No to worry. This does not require miracle power. It will only require the authority of the name of Jesus and the word of God will do it. Authority will put the fugitive on notice and the renegade behind bars. Prayer will allow the Holy Spirit to make the word come alive on the inside of you. God will speak through your lips and work through your hands. Many people miss it because they postpone prayer until they need it in a moment of desperation. 
In other words, people go to church on Sunday, don't read their Bible, don't pray, and then when all hell breaks loose in their life, they're not ready for anything. This is a lifestyle, this is a fellowship, this is a word reading, this is all to keep you built up and ready to go. Don't try to stir up the anointing when you need it, keep it stirred up all the time. Notice the disciples were going to pray and still did this. If that would have been most of the church, they would have said, well, just stay right here, and as soon as we have our prayer meeting, we're going to come back out, and we're going to pray for you, because now we're all prayed up. But they weren't that way. They were walking walking in prayer. If you remember earlier in Peter's life, basically Jesus told him to pray and what did he do? He slept, didn't he? He said, can't you even pray with me for an hour? What did Jesus do? He slept, or Peter, he slept. So what happened when they came to take Jesus? He acted in the flesh, didn't he? He took out his sword, started cutting off people's ears. How many know if he'd been prayed up, he may have acted a little differently than he did, but he didn't pray basically because he was asleep. All right, look at verse 4 again. And Peter fastened his eyes upon John and said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Notice what they said. Such as I have. Say, such as I have. No, they knew what they had. They knew they had the name of Jesus. They knew they had authority. They knew they had power. Such as I have. Most people would say, such as Jesus have. Well, how many know that Jesus isn't there right now? Such as I have, I give thee. So God has given us all the ingredients that we need in the Word of God. He's given us the Holy Ghost. He's given us the name of Jesus. Most Christians would have put a few coins in the tin cup and moved on. How many know that's what most churches would have did? Throwing a dollar bill in there said, there you go. Praise God and we'll talk to you later. Do your best. Hallelujah. Why is that? Because most don't know they have authority. They don't know they have power. They don't know they have miracle working power on the inside. When you step out in God, there will be times that your results will be affected by the atmosphere around you. The lame man's miracle was not only dependent on the obedience of Peter and John, but it was also dependent on the lame man's response to what they told him to do. There are at least two wills when a miracle is at hand almost every single time. If the receiver is not in full agreement with the word, it may hinder your flow and your results in that area. And here's where people basically get frustrated too. They say, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And they go start laying hands on everybody with full faith, but their people laying hands on don't believe anything about healing whatsoever. So they go home and don't believe they got any power because nothing happened. I don't have any authority or something would have happened. No, they've got to have a will in this too. How many know if God won't override your will? He's not going to allow you to override everybody's will at the same time. So it's always best maybe to give them a scripture or show them in the Bible. Look what Jesus said about this. It says, by his stripes you were healed. He wants you to be healed. Do you believe that? And they should say, well, I, I want to believe that. Then you might have to go to another scripture. And said, he bore your sicknesses on the cross. And maybe they'll say, yeah, I believe it. And then when they believe it, basically you're on the same plane, the same will, and then it works every single time. But there's two wills. Say two wills. Say, it's not all up to me. And that's what you've got to learn because if you do it and it doesn't work and then you're going to get all discouraged with yourself and many times that is not the problem I found out in my own case. Hallelujah. Faith cannot be used in violation with another person's will. Remember the story where the uh, blind man and Jesus healed the blind man and they came to him and said, who did this miracle on you? Who did it to you? And he says, is he good or bad? And the blind man said, I don't care if he's good or bad. All I know is I was blinded and now I can see. He didn't care about how it was done. He didn't care who did it. He didn't care what was happening. He just says, if I was blinded, now I can see. I don't care if the guy's good, bad, or anything else. It worketh for me, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here we see the disciples. What were they doing? They were demonstrating for the first time the power in the name 
of Jesus. And the Bible says his fame spread everywhere. All right, go up to Acts chapter 4. Look at verse 10. Then, of course, they wanted an explanation why this guy got healed. What did you do? What happened? And simply said, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Notice that dead do not rise because people pray that God will raise them. The dead are only raised because a person believes that Jesus gave them the power to raise someone from the dead. And how many know that's all your will when you're raising someone from the dead? I mean, it doesn't matter what they believe at that time because they're dead, praise God. Hallelujah. They believe that they are sent. They're bearing the authority of His name with the power of authority to take authority over death, hell, and the grave. Jesus won the victory and gave the church the keys. Now notice what you can tell the boldness right now in these guys. Notice what He says in verse 10. Be it known unto you all and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you. Now that's what most people would have said, and that's probably what I would have said. But no, he had to put a dig on him. Did you notice that? Be it known unto you all, and all the people of Israel, by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. How I many you know that's boldness? Yeah. Glory to God. I bet he got some attention with that one. So they simply said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And how many you know he got up? So you can say, in the name of Jesus, worry be gone. In the name of Jesus, fear leave. God wants you to succeed. He has given you the authority to command. Peter did not act super spiritual. He just obeyed God and released the authority that he had in his life. Instead of praying about it, Peter got up and spoke and released his authority. You must speak to situations. Devil, take your hands off my relation in Jesus' name. Loose them and let them go in Jesus' name. Take your authority. Bind the work of the enemy so that their minds would have the liberty to see clearly. When you can see, they will make a decision for God. Many times for salvation, I found out that binding the enemy off of someone is almost more effective than anything else. Because how many know Satan blinds the minds of them that do what? Believe not. So what's their problem? Their mind has been blinded. They can't see the opportunity to get born again. They can't see the opportunity to come to the kingdom. They don't think there's any other way to live than the depression and the fear and the worry that they're living in right now. So basically, sometimes there's spirits involved. You've got to break those spirits off of their minds so at least they're thinking somewhat clearly in order to get them in the kingdom of God or get them healed or delivered. All right, go up to verse 12. Peter goes on to say, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So Jesus is the only name under heaven that can save people. Salvation here is all-inclusive. There is healing. There is victory. There is triumph. There are finances. There is breakthroughs through the name of Jesus. You are required to take the name and use the name. Use it in your prayer. Use it against principalities and powers. Use it to cast out devils. The name belongs to you. He has given you a charge and sent you into the whole world. He has equipped you with His name and also His power. The day is here when kingdom citizens will rise up unhindered and fulfill the purpose that we were created for. 
They will do what they were born to do, and like Peter and John, represent God to the world. The main thing with the power and authority that you can do to people is you can represent the goodness of God. Many people, and even I, when I was growing up, I didn't think God liked me at all. I think God had punished me. I think my sister was an accident that God did that because I was told that God is in control of everything. So when that bad thing happened, God did that. When that bad thing happened, God was that. But God is good when? All the time. So when you know that, praise God, then you're going to have to let other people know that God is good. He wants to do these things for every human being. How many know that Jesus went to the cross for? Everybody. Not just for me and you and those that are born again. So tell them about the goodness of God. Prove the goodness of God. Demonstrate the goodness of God. And people will see the goodness of God. And one thing about, you know, that healing is it transcends speech. In other words, if I walk up to somebody that doesn't even speak English and they've got a problem and I pray for them and they get healed, how many know they don't care if I just speak English and they speak Spanish? They don't care if I'm from America, they're from Venezuela. They don't care. All they care about is results. And then they'll find out that God is good whether you're Spanish, English, whatever you are. And basically that's what people need to know that God is good. Hallelujah. Say, I have power. I have authority. And I've been seated in heavenly places. Far above all principality, power, might, demons, devils, worry, fear, doubt, unbelief. In the name of Jesus, out of my mouth, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. My days of worry are over forever. My days of fearing are over forever. My days of being a victim are over forever. I choose victory, peace, joy, power, kingdom living, because that's what I was created to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. the kingdom of God and his righteousness